You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and MERPS. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abhika. This is MERPS. Hello. I uh, hope you guys are staying cool, doing well. We are doing our second podcast in the last two days, yesterday we were on Keladar's podcast, where we decided Keladar and Kellenable's podcast. Yes, we decided the best arena card of all time. Uh, you know what? I, I will choose to not spoil it for right now. Yeah, let's not. But spoil if it. you want to figure it out, we were on there with Keladar, Kellenable, Dreads, and then of course the two of us. Uh, it was a so we did not have enough votes to just vote for what we wanted. I know, and, and make like Gibber Gibbling or whatever Gibberer the number one card. Well, we didn't even have that choice, but you can look at it um, in Kelodar's vods. Also, you can just listen to the podcast as well. But it was super fun, just a really interesting thought experiment, and we go through a lot of the history of Hearthstone as well. So if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely check that out. Yeah, definitely check it out. It was really fun to do. And there is, like, you just learned so much, like, talking about it. Like, the amount of stuff that we talked about, I was surprised at how deep it went. Because um, it's just kind of this, like, March Madness bracket thing that you're like, all right, like, let's uh, let's have some fun with it. But we, we, got, we got really deep on many of these matchups. And uh, I think it'll be a good listen for literally anybody who, who's interested in Arena or is nostalgic about Arena, you know, even if you don't play anymore. It's, uh, it's just, it was a good time. Okay, enough about that. On to our own podcast. We got a lot to talk about, mainly because there were some big changes uh, and some big announcements. So let's just dive into that. Okay, announcement number one. There is going to be a new expansion in Hearthstone. Who saw that one coming? Uh, it's going to be released on the first week of August, as, as everybody expected. And it's going to be called United in Stormwind. Uh, this is going to be, there's, they also released the mechanics for it. So we're going to, going to go over the mechanics and they also released 15 cards. We're probably going to end up covering most of them, but we're not trying to, right? We just kind of need them to explain the mechanics. So the two mechanics, uh, well, yeah, the, the two mechanics that are, uh, really relevant to the arena that are going to be introduced in this set. One is tradable, which means you can cycle it for one mana. And if you're not familiar with uh, MTG, cycling is the ability to pay one mana, put the card, shuffle the card back into your deck, and then take a new card. Um, so, you know, you get a small card later on in the game and you don't want it, pay a mana, get another roll at it. Um, you take up one of the cards that's a situational card and the situation doesn't apply. Like one of the examples, uh, one of the good examples that they had, I'm glad they showed it, was uh, Rust Rot Viper which is a common neutral, 3-mana, three 3-4, three, Battlecry, destroy your opponent's weapon. So it's like a ooze. Um, but it is tradable. So if your opponent doesn't have a weapon, is not a weapon class, and then you uh, you kind of uh, get this card not as a 3-drop, you may want to trade it for something that's bigger, right? Or, or more situationally useful. It's an interesting mechanic. It's something we've seen in other card games. Frankly, we should be surprised we haven't seen it in Hearthstone in the past six years or so, but this is something that other card games have incorporated 
not just in this way, in many ways, um, like shuffling stuff back into your deck uh, and, and kind of paying something to refresh, right? Uh, so I think this is a welcome uh, mechanic. And this mechanic uh, as well is going to be skill testing. You have to know what is in your deck. You have to play the percentages a little bit. There is a cost to it. It's just really cool. I'm glad they're going down this pathway. We know basically nothing about the complete set right now because we don't know that many cards. But in terms of mechanics, this should be a very, very welcome one because mm. it is so skill testing. Uh, and, and at the same time, it's not random as in it's not, you know, like the scorp it into third, fourth copies of stuff in constructed. And I'm talking about in constructed terms because that's what they really care about. Um, people aren't complaining about that. It's stuff that people had already put in their decks, which people deem fair, right? Everyone had a chance at that. It's when you're introducing stuff from quote outside of your deck that people get frustrated. So this thing, this tradable mechanic, uh, I, I've heard a lot of good things about it on just on the Hearthstone Twitter uh, from people who are like, number one, it's about time. And number two, good. You know, this is this is a good new mechanic. It's very controllable. Yeah. From an arena perspective, it's not as as good as from a constructive perspective, because in constructed, you really want to draw cards. You want the stuff that you put into your deck in arena. You don't really care that much. Um, but it's not going to break the game. Like, I can't imagine any of the tradable cards being insanely good in Arena because then it would be really insanely good in Constructed. Uh, but looking at the power levels of what they're coming out with, they're going to be playable. There's another tradable neutral common that was revealed. Impatient Shopkeeper, 3 mana, 3, 3 rush. Tradable. Totally playable card, right? 3 mana, 3, 3 rush. Not the best card, but a pretty good neutral, um, even without tradable. And then with tradable, hey... You get it later on, you trade it, potentially get another uh, chance to draw your big things. Uh, so I think it's, uh, it is definitely more skill testing. And one of the reasons why it's skill testing is because think about how you're going to play this. They made a whole new mechanic on the board, like an area of the board. Now, depending on where you drag this card, the card has a different function. This opens up so many new uh, potential things in Hearthstone if, you know, people aren't too confused by it. So to activate the tradableness of the tradable ability, you have to drag it to your deck rather than onto the board. It's not like you play the card and then you select trade or, you know, play the minion, like a, like a choose one. It's instead a totally different thing based on when you drag it onto the board. And that's exciting because of what it could mean in the future. Drag it to your opponent's face. Charges back. There you mm -hmm. go. Uh, but yes, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the cars that they have for this expansion. And uh, we're certainly going to be seeing tons and tons of tradable cards, which is nice. I, I like that. Um, this is a mechanic uh, that I think you could do a lot of interesting stuff with. And then, of course, if you look at the expansions recently... They don't just focus on this mechanic. They have stuff that works tangentially with the mechanic as well. So it's like, oh, if you've traded, let's say, five minions this game, do something extra, right? Um, so something that uses the tradable mechanic uh, beyond just the each individual tradable mechanic. So those are the ones I'm most looking forward to uh, because that that's going to be the stuff that impacts constructed the most. Uh, but it could also end up changing arena. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the one other tradable card that we actually saw, uh, that is... Okay, so I'm just going to go over the other tradable cards, uh, just so we, we cover them. Uh, Mage has a four-mana card called Fire Sail. Deal three damage to all minions. So it is a three damage to all minions, like Hellfire, but doesn't hurt, uh, doesn't hurt characters. It's pretty normal double-sided board clear, and Arena will be good. And it's tradable, in case you, you know, have a lot of the board. Uh, then we also have another tradable card. I think there's only one other tradable card that was revealed, which is a warrior card, three mana, gain eight armor tradable. That's not, just because it's tradable does not make it playable in Arena. You didn't need three mana for eight armor before. <laughs> the fact that you can now pay one armor to cycle, pay one mana to cycle it, does, does not make it good. It makes it, like, not terrible, though. Like, that is a card that you can legit draft with the idea that you will trade it every single time. Like, think of it as a one-mana card that says, draw a card. That is not a terrible card in the arena. It's not a good card. You definitely take a Yeti over it. But, hey, if your other options suck, that's that's a not terrible card. Yep. Um... All right, so the second mechanic coming in is, uh, it's not really a mechanic, it's more like a set of cards that follow a theme, like an Og Merchants or, um, I don't know, those those Hog Riders that screwed over Taunts back in the day. They have these, like, mini things. I'm trying to think of something more more recent that was, like, this, like, mini uh, kind of uh, mechanic that they did. But they're going to do something like this, and it is Steeds. And that is what everybody is up in arms about. Um, so steeds are like Spike Ridge Steed. It's literally the same mechanic. Spike Ridge Steed was the first steed. It is a buff. It goes on a minion. It adds the ability of the steed, which in Spike Ridge Steed's case is taunt. And then it also adds its stats, which in Spike Ridge Steed's case is plus two, plus six. And then when the whole thing dies, there's a death rattle in which you actually summon the steed back up with its ability and its base stats of two, six. Um, so Spike Ridge Steed, at the time that it was released, amazing in the arena, dominated it, and that's what makes everyone scared. Um, so I'm going to go over the two Steeds that we uh, that we already know. There's only two Steeds that we know so far, uh, but we are guaranteed to get more. Hunters have Ramming Mount, give a minion plus two plus two, and immune while attacking. When it dies, summon a ram. The uh, Priest one is the other steed that we know, and it is the Elec Mount, 7 mana. Give a minion plus 4, plus 7, and taunt. When it dies, summon an Elec. And again, remember, the steed itself has the ability. So the Elec that gets summoned has a taunt. That's another 7 health of taunt. And the Ram that gets summoned still has immune ball attacking. It, it is... Very clear what this does. The flavor is insane because unlike some other cards in which maybe the stats don't exactly add up, you are adding these stats because you are adding the mount and the mount stats exactly add on to the minion. It's so clean design-wise. Okay. I love it. As okay, in, but, it but, is but very clean. Imagine you get on the horse, right? Like, And you had like 100 health and the horse has like 100 health and now you have 200 health and then someone hits you for 200 damage. Why is the horse still alive? Isn't the whole point of how you got the extra 100 health that the horse is part of you and now when you get dealt 200 damage, you should both be dead? You know what? 
That kind of makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. That kind of makes sense. Well, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I don't have an answer for you, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. It, it should be get an ability, maybe get some extra attack, and when it dies, then you sub like when you die, then you resummon the horse for however much health it has and the same abilities. I mean, the only way to answer that is the enemies are too dumb, and whatever damage they are only aiming it at you, and their damage <laughs> yes. is very targeted. It's very very that, targeted, and by you, I mean that, that the minion fireballs yeah, and meteors. Yeah, the the minion that is uh, on top of the mount, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and during that time, they are not targeting the mount at all. Nope. So, mm -hmm. But they have to deal double the damage onto you. Yes. Yes, exactly. They overkill you. <laughs> and, and that is it. I have no idea, though. Okay. That, that, that is a point well made. I don't think we're going to find much answers there. Maybe we can uh, make this a campaign. You guys can ask the devs on, on Twitter. This is the burning question. This is the thing they have to answer for. But we move on. We carry on. You know, besides how squirrels are 1-1 one, one, and so are, like, trained soldiers of Stormwind. Yeah. Well, we don't know exactly how big those squirrels are. And are they magical squirrels? I don't know. Do they have, like, some sort of curse to them? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess maybe they're giant squirrels. They're giant squirrels, dude. Perhaps. Perhaps. Alright, so the mounts, um, they're, they're, they're causing some concern because the one mount that we've had before was really insanely good, and these don't seem to be any worse in terms of how they're statted. Um, and what, one of the things that we means we should expect in this expansion is to have a lot of buffs. Right? Like, if all, most of the classes are getting a mount, they're all getting a buff. And these buffs, at least so far from what we've seen, because the remaining mount has to at least have one health. That means all these buffs are buffs not just to attack, but also to health. And probably to attack, too. Um, and those are, like, they're real buffs. And these are things that people normally didn't really have access to outside of, I don't know, like a Fungomancer. Um, and uh, and it is it is going to change the meta up. I think... It's going to make holding the board and having the board very dangerous. It's going to really incentivize you to uh, to trade. But given the current state of the meta, you're very much not incentivized to trade, actually, uh, for against most classes. So maybe it's it, it'll cause the meta to shift in a way that brings back a bit of the balance and forces it into like the metas that we had maybe like two, three years ago, where usually the right choice was trade and then go face. Nowadays, I feel like usually the right answer is to go face, and every now and then you trade. You better have a good reason to trade. You better have a really, really good reason to trade. And that reason has to be beyond, uh, I'm afraid of this one card. Unless that one mm -hmm. card just completely wrecks you and ruins you. But then, of course, you have to ask, like, well, if they have that card, do I ever win? So you have... Whenever you, you ask yourself these days in this meta, um, kind of, why am I trading? You better have a really, really good response to it. Otherwise, yeah, the default play is to go face, and, and face is correct. Mm -hmm. uh, so that may change with this new expansion. Who knows? Um, certainly adding powerful mounts 
So one of the things with these, and you can really tell with the Hunter flavor, but even the Priest one, if you have, like, in the Hunter one, it's very explicit, right? It's three mana for plus two, plus two, and then you summon a two-two at Death Rattle. That's not good. You're paying too much for all that. But it's immune while attacking, which doesn't mean much unless your minion has initiative. If your minion has initiative, whether because it was stealth before, or it popped out from dormant, or it has rush, or you just had it alive, then you put the mount on it, then you effectively also give it a divine shield, and then you get a pretty good deal at that point, even if um, even if uh, you don't get another hit, with it, right? Even if you just get one hit that is immune, that that still ends up being a, a pretty good card. Um, remember the three mana paladin card that gave a uh, plus three plus one and a divine shield? That was a pretty good buff, right? That was like blessing of kings level buff, and that's going to be the same for ramming mount, except you also get a two two at the end. So yes, the 2-2 also has that same immune wall attacking uh, characteristic, but no matter when you get that 2-2, it's not your turn. Like, if you make your 2-2 pop out, you don't get to attack with it again. It doesn't have rush. If your opponent makes your 2-2 uh, come out, it probably has a way to deal with it, or else it won't be killing your main minion in the first place, unless it has a taunt or something. Uh, so that ability on the ram itself is going to be rarely useful. So you really got to get it where it counts, which means that this really needs to have initiative. And you look at the priest one and you may think, well, that's a taunt, right? We're now no longer in the world in which you need to get initiative in order for it to, uh, to matter. Well, it's seven mana. Because it's seven mana, you pretty much always need initiative until pretty late in the game. Right? Like, how are you going to put out, like, a 3 or 4 drop and a 7 mana card at the same time? Concentrate everything for a hard removal. Like, it's it's not a good play. If Elec Mount... And Elec Mount, by the way, looks insane. People are already freaking out about it on Arena HS. But if Elec Mount can only be played without initiative, it is, like, a less than... It's, like, worse than a Yeti. Now, obviously, it's not that bad because you can play when you do have initiative. But it goes back to what I was saying, which is that these cards get, I don't know if most, but a very large portion of their power by having initiative. And if you don't have initiative, if you're always off the board, these cards are not good. Yes. Uh, here's the thing. Like, Alec Mount is very powerful right now. Uh, but Alec Mount really isn't the thing that I'm worried about. Like, for example, when Hysteria came out, I made a huge deal about that, like, in our card evaluations, and I was like, Hysteria can't exist. Like, something like this, along with everything else that Priest has, um, they can't have that. Alec Mount, if you just look at how you currently play against Priest, and what is the most annoying things that priests do? Um, and then you look at this card. It's good. I don't think it pushes priests towards a more toxic class. I think it is mm -hmm. a powerful card. Um, is it a powerful card in 2021? Yes, it, it is. So even with the elevated power level, this is a very powerful card. Um, I don't think it's one that really is gonna break the game i mean it, it, here's the thing i don't know because i don't know the rest of the expansion i don't know the the offering rates right and you uh, don't know even the rotation that it's gonna i don't be. know what the rotation 
Um, so at any given moment, Blizzard, because, you know, they definitely just want to prove me wrong and spite me. Um, if I say a class isn't going to be good, they can make it be so toxic with a flip. Not exactly a single mm. flip, but like they can make it uh, because that's where we're at. We're at the point where Blizzard is the one who is deciding the meta. So all we're doing, all we can really do uh, is say, is this card too powerful for the current meta in, in, in like independently in relation to other cars? And the only thing we can further extrapolate more so than the independent power of the card is, does it let them do something more or something even more unfair than they used to do? I don't think Elec Mount does that. Once again, don't don't listen to this and be like, Murps thinks Elec Mount sucks. No, it's a very, very, very good card. Uh, but I... I don't think it's as problematic of a thing as, let's say, Hysteria was. Which, if you played Hysteria, especially when Hysteria came out, remember it was three mana, uh, Hysteria was unfair, uh, infuriating. Mm. It was stupid. You couldn't play around it. It was just one of those cards that uh, if you played Arena during the three mana Hysteria, and even now during the four mana Hysteria, but especially during the three mana Hysteria days... um, I thought that card was so much more problematic. And that card, a lot of people complain about, but it didn't exactly break the arena experience. Like, Hysteria was super powerful, and yet it still was unable to break the arena. So what you're looking at is... I think one of the main issues that we have this like PTSD from, from Steed. Steed came back. Angoro was back a couple of rotations ago. And... Do you guys remember the, the Steed meta that came back? No, you don't, because the Steed meta never happened, even though Steed was back in the game. Now, was Steed not offered because the offering rates on Steed got pushed super low? No, Steed was offered the normal amount of time. But Paladins weren't dominating. Steed was not dominating. Why? Because we're in 2021 right now with the core class. Like, you can't have your old PTSD worrying about that here. It's like... Some of the really insane pass cards that we were talking about that were insane for their meta uh, in the in, in Kel's podcast uh, yesterday. You look at it now, and if they were released, you'd kind of shrug and be like, "All right, here's like a low premium class card, like whatever, right?" And I, I brought this up on that podcast too, but like when Sludge Belcher and Axe was released, changed Arena forever, like for the next year, more than a year actually, because they were releasing sets much slower back then. Um. Nowadays, Sludge Belcher is barely draftable. Like, it's so bad. It's a 3-5 taunt for 5 mana that drops a 1-2 taunt body. Like, what the hell? Like, Yeti's, Yeti held up way better than Sludge Belcher. And back then, Sludge Belcher was way better than Yeti. Um, so, it just shows you, like, how this game has changed. And uh, Elec Mount, it's come, it comes one turn later, which is pretty important. It is, uh, it's in a class that, even more so than Paladin, if you leave something up on the board, they will screw you. At least in today's meta. Mostly because of lifesteal. Because if you're ignoring their minions and you're going face, you're really afraid of that lifesteal buff. Because uh, then the priest puts it on and negates everything that you've done by going face. And they get a nice buff and probably eat one of your minions. And then they get another hit on the lifesteal because you still have to remove that somehow. Uh, so Elec Mount... 
is going to have a similar kind of effect in that in terms of what the punish is if you choose to go face rather than uh, rather than remove. So it's not going to change the shape of the meta. Where it does change the shape of the meta is it makes priest kind of impossible to deal with. Like you're, you're because this card exists, you will always remove everything. Why? Because everybody's going to pick it, and you know um, it, it is that powerful that it's almost an auto pick. Uh, so and, and if it comes out, that's fourteen health. So you're going to have to do this kind of figuring it out, right? Like, hmm, assuming my opponent doesn't have a one drop, I'm going into turn seven. If I remove something and potentially get 15, 14 health of taunt out of my way, even for the next turn, but I have to remove the next turn again, would that be worth it in terms of the amount of phase damage I can deal, right? Like you start having to think about this card. You start having to play around this card, especially around turn seven, turn eight. But you can play around this card by just removing the priest crap, um, which you kind of need to do anyway because they have like splitting whatever they have uh, life steal buffs um, that that will ruin your day anyway. Uh, so you're always running the risk. This just makes the risk even higher. Now it's a good card because I think someone uh, on Arita HS made a really good comparison with Scrapyard, and I'm like, yes, it is Scrapyard, which is a good card. It's not an amazing card. It's not a super premium. Even in the neutral category, it's not one of the best neutral cards. And Elec Mount's going to be much better than that because it could come out turn 7. But if it ends up being a scrapyard, that's not great. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want to talk about one other card, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I want to talk about that. one other card. Let's let's do it and then move on to Battlegrounds. Um, I think this is going to be one of those things where they give us this and then they don't talk to us for two, three weeks before they start revealing new cards. Uh, so um, it's nice that they get us excited now, but they're going to now leave us for a little bit. So we're going to talk about my 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 favorite card in this, uh, in this set so far. Uh, and it is a neutral common one drop. Uh, it's not a good card, in case you're wondering. It's Peasant. Just Peasant. That's just the name. Not Stormwind Peasant, not anything, just a Peasant. And a Peasant is apparently a 1-mana 2-1. So Peasants deal more damage than trained Stormwind Soldiers or Silverhand Recruits. Peasants are better than Silverhand Recruits at fighting things. Just so we know, this is now lore. Um, and it has the text, at the start of your turn, draw a card. So if it lives a turn, you get a card back. And for each turn past that, you get more cards back. Now, for those of us who have played Young Priestess, whether back in Classic or even nowadays, you will know that if your 2-1 does something, if it has a reach recurring ability, it almost never stays around on the board. If you're facing a ping class, it's pretty much over. Even if you're not facing a ping class, people always have pings in their hand or just like removals and whatever, and they will target it and it will be gone. So very rarely will it actually snowball into anything. Um, it may live one turn. Like, if you go first and you play Peasant, your opponent has to use the coin to hero power, even if they have a hero power, unless they're Demon Hunter. And if they are any of the other six classes, they can't even do anything without having to have a card very early on that has a removal function, right? So it, it, it definitely can live a turn, but it's probably not going to live two turns. Uh, and it's almost never going to super snowball. And if it lives one turn, 
it's kind of got its value. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a pretty damn good card if it can be a 1-mana 2-1 that draws a card. But it's not game-breaking. You're not going to win the game off a 1-mana 2-1 that draws you a card. Uh, so, and the times that it's just a 1-mana 2-1, that's a really terrible card. So it's this, like, weird, odd balance where if they had released this earlier on in the game, uh, it would be a super toxic card. But now... Like, this feels like the kind of high-risk, high-reward one-drop that is, like, not good enough to be, like, a good one-drop, but is a passable one-drop. Uh, I don't know. I just really like the design of the card. The design, I think, fits for the power level right now. Uh, I don't love it because there is that very small percent of the time in which you can draw multiple cards with it. And I don't like that. You you guys know my thoughts on the caravans, as in, is it actually like so powerful that we need to get out of the game? No, that's not why I don't why I don't like the caravans. It's because of the blowout potential, recognizing that it is still small. Two drops shouldn't be able to do that. This is a one drop, and here's the thing that that tempers it. With the caravans, what they do is something different. They buff your hand by plus one, plus one. They, uh, you know, generate one ones uh, or like on the board mm -hmm. to give you like, you know, two, two worth of tempo when it comes back to you. This only draws you a card, which in 2015, drawing a card was probably the most valuable thing you could do in terms of because everybody ran out of cards because everybody ran out of cards in 2021 you drawing an extra card when you have the scorpids when everything else draws a card when everything discovers something that generates something that you know creates something else it's not as valuable it's interesting that you bring up the young priestess because young priestess has never been good uh during mm -hmm. the time of hearthstone from the very beginning no matter what the meta is it's been like an okay card you've drafted it sometimes uh and perhaps we all of us in the community misunderstood the importance of one drops very early on right it was like a taboo mm. don't pick one drops only pick two drops only pick three twos yeah, and young priests also didn't do anything on turn one, right so. it didn't really do anything um but if you looked at young priestess versus peasant you'd say, oh, okay, well, Peasant is better because of the potential to draw a card. But if you look at the difference between Young Priestess and Peasant years back versus the difference now, it's so much closer now. Is Peasant a better card? Yes, it is. Uh, but the, uh, the gap between immediately giving something on your board plus one health and drawing a card, which if you took, if someone was playing arena and then went into a coma for five years and woke up um, and you just gave him this question on a one drop what is more valuable right um, and how mm. much more valuable like if you presented this question they're coming from hearthstone in 2015 they'd be like okay drawing the card is i don't know 20 times more value i have no <laughs> idea like something like that whereas now it's like it's more valuable but the gap has closed so significantly between the two. So yeah, like that's that's sort of where we're at right now. Design-wise, I don't love it for the exact same reason that I don't like the caravans. But in terms of power level, it's whatever. It's it's not gonna. Pe people are gonna complain about it because people are gonna complain about anything that can potentially uh, 
have a disproportionate ongoing effect. But yeah, it's it's just kind of like meh. No, and here's the thing with card advantage. Even if you just spot your opponent's five cards in the beginning of the game, you could still win on tempo, which is probably how you were going to win anyway. So then they just have a few more options than you do. Like, it's really not the end of the world that they have a crap ton of cards compared to you, unless your entire deck revolves around, like, you know, getting the big thing, waiting it out. These days, with all the swing, you're even in, like, late game decks, you're, you're waiting for a time to swing the game on the board in the tempo and then push face. You're not actually waiting to starve your opponents of cards in their hands. So your opponent's getting more cards in their hands just means more options for them. Which, yeah, is bad. That's why Peasant is potentially a, uh, a good card um, and potentially a devastating card if you're a, uh, a non-ping class and you don't have your early pings. But uh, overall, in the worst case scenario, it still doesn't like you know break the game, even in those games. Like, even in the games where it pops off, right, it does not win you the game. And it does not lose you the game. Far from it. And uh, that's that's pretty good for, for in terms of design for a one-drop. Because one-drop shouldn't do that. Uh, and this one also doesn't do that, even though it looks like an insane ability. All right. Um, that's it for United and Stormwind analysis. We will now probably just not talk about any cards. Like, like I said, right, it's two weeks probably that we're going to be in radio silence uh, for Blizzard and no, no card reveals. But even if they start revealing cards, unless something like super ridiculous comes out that we're like, this is the next watch post, watchtower, whatever. Uh, or, you know, the next nine mana dragon that we really need to not be in the arena even before it happens. We're probably not going to talk about it. And we'll do a big card review before the uh, the weekend before the release date, as usual. Okay, let's talk about the patch that came out um, about three days ago. Uh, we got twenty point eight. Um, so this is the patch that t talked a little bit about United in Stormwind. And that's great and all, um, and then revealed, it's like, oh, hey, log in and get this, like, legendary for free. But we got one of the biggest BG patches we've ever seen in terms of balancing, shaking things up, and really trying to solve the problem with BGs. And when I talk about problems... I'm not going to get too specific because it's hard to exactly say what is wrong with BGs in a short fashion. As you guys know, I played a ton of BGs in Season 2 and Season 3. I made it very high onto the leaderboards. And then I haven't been playing much recently. And it's a combination of quite a few things that thankfully 20.8 addresses. Um, so we can talk about that. And um, I can give you guys a short rundown on how I see things, but know that I have not been playing for the past many months at a high level. And these are just sort of my observations from watching streams. But with this patch, I do plan on going back to BGs. I think it is an exciting time for the game mode. Cool. So where do you want to start? The balance changes before we get to the new heroes? Uh, no, let's just talk about the new heroes first, and then we can talk about that um, uh, a little. Well, we have one new hero. Okay. It is Curtis. Uh, some people refer to him as Curtis. 
but he has a passive ability that ramps up. So it's a three-tier passive. Uh, once you fulfill the first part of the passive, it automatically moves on to second. Once you fulfill that one, you move on to the third. And then once that's done, you're done. So uh, the first one is buy three minions in one turn to give them, the minions that you buy, plus two, plus two, and progress this. Once you progress it, it's buy four minions in one turn to give your hand and board plus two, plus two, and progress it. So you're, you're very much incentivized to do the next one as soon as possible because you give your entire board plus two, plus two um, as well. And then uh, the last one is buy five minions in one turn to give all your minions this game plus two, plus two. So that means everything you have in your hand, everything on the board, everything that you will see after that point, plus two, plus two. That's cur- so this happens every time you buy five minions in one turn from that point on. No, no, no. That only happens once. <laughs> ah, okay. No, it's not repeatable. Say, it is not feels repeatable. OP. Well, uh, yes, it would It would be. Oh, uh, that makes sense because it's called close the portal. Yes. It's, so you it's close the portal. Close you don't the get portal. to repeatedly close the open portal. Right. Once you close it, you can't close it without opening it. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Got it. Is this the portal that he opens, or is he, like, fighting the portal? I don't know, Lore. I'm not a nerd, okay? Uh, but Kurtris right now is very good. Kurtris is basically tied with Jandis, uh, and we all know how good of a hero Jandis is. Um, and for good reason. This is a good tempo hero. Um, one of the issues that people see with uh, Kurtris is, like, you... You know, if you get, like, some really good shops and stuff that you want to buff, uh, it could be really good. Uh, but regardless, the hero power is just quite good um, on its own. Uh, yeah, so the first the first step comes in, what, like, turn five, usually? Like, you're not desperate enough that you're you're staying on uh tier two no you're, you're not sta- staying on tier you're not staying on tier two i will say yeah. the meta right now generally it, and it holds true for kurtris as well um tier five is still uh kind of the the a barren i'm not gonna say it's a barren wasteland but um bears uh, well bears are there but tier five uh is still one of those places where it's just not as fruitful as it was in previous seasons now if you've been playing bgs recently you will know it's like oh yeah of course tier five is not fantastic uh, and, and there's a lot of reasons it's from brand not being good period light fang not being good when certain tribes are in because the scaling potential is greater um tier sixes just being uh, a little bit better, whether from additions uh, of this and that, or these uh, the meta changes here and there. So, um, yeah, well, the the general meta is a lot of people get to four and try to get to four quickly. They power up enough uh, and try to eke out some advantage over the lobby on tier four, such that they can just go to six. Um, and you want mm-hmm. to go to six, uh, and some people can go to six very smoothly and it, uh, part of it depends on your own right. so what does this have to do with curtis oh no I, i'm saying that um what what you'll do a lot of times is just play normally to try to get to four and then yep. uh you're still gonna yeah. stay so there and five, use that you're triggering the first quest on turn five you trigger the first quest you get uh plus six plus six and useful stats that you can put on the board 
Uh, no, what I've seen with Kurtris a lot. So on seven gold, you're still so going counted. to no, no, no. You're still going to three. You're still going to tier yeah. three. Yeah, that's yeah, not seven gold is turn four. No, three, four, five, six, seven. Turn one is three gold. Three, four, three, four five, five, six, six seven. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. okay. I'm showing so, you with so my hand. Turn, okay, my bad. So on turn six, that. You, you triggered. Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, my bad. I thought I thought it was uh yeah I was it was one off on my counting of which turn normally you go to which tier. Yes. So part of the reason that Kurtris is so good is because you don't have the advantage in the first five turns, right? But the first five turns, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of uh, heroes aren't exactly using their hero power. Um, and then you get that huge spike on, on the next turn. And then you want to level up. And then you want to huge spike on four. And then you can either huge spike again and then use that to get to six. Or you can, you know, maybe level, like, like, you know, we're, we're, we're differing here. But you can see how it's so powerful. Um, because once you get to three, you have a huge spike, right? It's a huge, huge spike. And then you can spike again on uh the next two turns in order to try to propel you towards the tier six which everyone wants to get to so uh that's how kurtris is so high right now um because he just fits into this play style of rush to four probably stay on four a little bit to try to get some advantage and then get to six um as fast as possible mm -hmm. that makes sense all right so okay, let's not talk about minions. We have a new minion too, uh, but let's let's continue on with the hero talk. So a bunch of heroes are returning, and um, Shutterwalk has been removed, which has oh no impacted the game in that you have better quality heroes now. Like they should really remove some of the terrible ones. Um, and so I'm glad they're finally getting around to stuff like Shutterwalk, uh, and and you'll see uh, you'll see Illidan get a treatment too. Okay, so we are now at returning heroes. First returning hero, Galakron. Galakron used to have an ability that was zero mana, replace a minion in Bob's Tavern with a minion from a higher tavern tier. Um, now it is one mana, so it has a cost now. Choose a minion in Bob's Tavern. Discover a higher tier minion to replace it. So it is no longer random. It's no longer random. Remember, Galakron was initially trash because it cost one mana and it was random. You couldn't discover. So now it is one mana, but you could discover it. Galakron right now is okay. If you look at HS Replay stats, um, Galakron is sitting in bottom of tier two. So it is a hero that you can pick. You're not going to be extraordinarily happy with it. But you can pick it. By the way, um, the first hero to actually be reinstated was Lich King. Um, so Lich King is back. Oh, yeah. But that was there. due to a bug, not due to anything else. Yeah, so it's just it's back, but it's still normal. It's still normal Lich King. Uh, and Galakrond is usable. You are going to want to use the old Galakrond curve. Um, and the fact that you can discover a minion, and you're almost always going for that six, uh, it's pretty good. Because um, it's very hard for you to miss. Now, of course, there are ways for you to increase your percentages, and you always want to see what tribes are in. We always talked about, you know, those those tier six elementals. There's so many of them, and you don't really want them. 
Uh, so if elementals are in, maybe you pick something else. Maybe you're just a little bit more careful with, with your choices. Uh, but Galcron is very pickable nowadays. Um, and you don't have that smooth Galcron curve like you did when it was zero cost. But you are able to super spike in power uh, very soon. Yeah. It's uh, it's like you're, you're paying one mana, which is the normal cost it takes to roll. Only instead of getting a full roll, you have to you have to have a current highest tier thing that you don't want, and then uh, your roll guarantees you three of the next highest tier, right? Which is just this insane jump. Like that's why it, it's uh, it's usable at all because otherwise there are times when you can't even use it. Okay, so. Galcron is in Nexus Trade Prince Gallowix. Probably one of the most interesting heroes they've ever created. Um, this is begging to be nerfed later on. Uh, yeah. Gallowix um, has been changed to the new passive hero power. After you sell a minion, get one extra gold next turn, can exceed 10. This isn't coin anymore. Like, it's not a coin in your hand. You just gain one extra gold. And you're not limited to 10. So, uh, what this means is... So, so you always could have more than 10 gold. And the system has just, hence, like, so far been restricting you and making you do weird order stuff. Yep. In, in the rest of the game. Just, just say it. This is annoying to me that, that it turns out you could actually... So well, let me explain this for those out there. And uh, in Discord, Jay Kirik, who is very high on the leaderboard, was kind enough to explain exactly this mechanic and, and sort of how it works. Because you immediately think of, oh, what if I have like double hogger, right? And I can just print money. How exactly does that work for the next turn? Um, and, and here's the way it works. So let's say you're starting the infinite pirate thing and then you sell... Uh, like enough to get 26 gold on the next turn. What does that exactly mean? You have 26 gold on the next turn. It means that on the next turn, you are capped at 26 gold. As in, you cannot go above that limit. Just like how you can't go above 10 gold when you are normally at 10 gold. The next turn, you start with 26 gold, and then you can never go above 26 gold that turn. But then, but the next turn... Like, because on the 26 gold turn, let's say you sell 50 pirates. Um, then next turn, you will have 50 gold and you can't go beyond that. But that is your new limit for that turn. So you're just creating this, you know, this bank, but you're also setting a new limit on the next turn. And then, of course, you know, like we're talking about this. And then as you go on, it literally doesn't matter. You, you can't use up the gold right like you're going to get to the point where you never even see your gold move uh especially with infinite pirates but that's the way it works and uh, there's going to be a lot of instances where it helps to understand okay uh, what exactly does does that mean so what it means is your turn times matter even more now um it's, it's like the opposite direction that this game should be going at, at, at the very least until they fix the the way the rope works Galowix is a super interesting hero. Uh, Trade Prince Galowix right now, um, the win rate isn't super great. It's right now at around a mid-tier 3 hero, 
which is uh, at about a 4.5, um, that's not good for the top 1%. Like if you are averaging placement of 4.5, you're losing MMR. Uh, but this is one of those heroes where, once again, I haven't played Galawix yet, and I doubt that we have figured out the maximum potential of Galawix. I'm not saying that Galawix is, is going to end up as one of the best heroes, no, but it will. in some meta. Maybe not in this yeah, meta, in some meta. There will at some point be a meta that will make this the best hero super broken, and they're going mm -hmm. to nerf Galawix or take him away. This is just, like... The way this card, this this hero is designed, is just it's not something you're allowed to do in game design for balance. It's like and when you so looked at it, uh uh the uh, Pogo, right? It's like when you looked yeah. at Pogo and you're just like, okay, it's going to be problematic someday. It's not yet. Yeah, someday. Yeah. And then of course Jandis comes along, and then it was problematic. <laughs> yeah, like it's uh, I, I hate these kinds of designs because they like seem interesting. But the only way they're interesting is when they're broken. And then they have to be removed fairly quickly. So it's just like, this is the kind of, of stuff that's like, when they throw flashy stuff at you and make you, like, make your adrenaline and like whatever mind dopamine stuff pop up. But it's all fake. Because you're never going to get to use it and do cool stuff with it. Um, I mean, and, and that's good. It's what should happen, right? If you designed this without limits, then when it exceeds, it's the limits that it should have had that you never put in. You just have to take it out of the game. So it's just, it, I don't know. It's, uh, it's one of those game design philosophies that makes it really casino-y and it crosses a, a, a personal line for me and what I consider good game design, but I don't think it's actually going to be problematic because when it becomes problematic, it'll be super obvious and they'll remove it in like a week. All right. But it will be problematic. It will. We got Maev returning. Uh, we all know Maev as the the meta beater for a long time. Uh, and now Maev's new hero power is the same thing, except uh, after three turns, get it back with plus one plus one so now you wait All three right, turns so, so this this one was uh, we talked about how to nerf my ev when my ev first came out with this hero power that's dormant for two turns give it plus one plus one and it was super ridiculously powerful and at the time we were very adamant that you cannot just move it to three turns that will make my ev not a good hero like a bad hero you you can't do it and since then, there's been power creep in, in heroes. So now Maev is an even worse hero than what we thought you could not do to keep it balanced. Uh, so they obviously didn't take our, our suggestion. It did random other stuff with Maev and it didn't work uh, just as we thought. Uh, we also talked about what happened if you remove like plus one, plus one, or you do other stuff to it. It just None of it works. Like Maev is a hero that can't exist like that. So they eventually go with this route and Maev is predictably pointless to play and you know might as well not exist as a hero. Um... Maev right now is tied with Patchwork. Uh, that's not a good thing. Um, when you're tied yeah. with Patchwork, that's not fantastic. Once again, this is for the top 1%. Um, I think Blizzard is very okay with this. Like, it, they're okay. It's the Blizzard way, right? It's like, okay, yeah. you're overpowered, and then we're going to nerf you to the ground. Um, and, and you can't really say the philosophy is wrong in any way. It's just a matter of opinion like uh but well no it's not that the philosophy is wrong it's just that the the result is predictable and they're just right. okay with the result they're okay with the result fine, right 
And Maev uh, is still in the meta. Like, you will pick Maev sometimes because like, it's not the absolute worst hero. It's it just, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's not the absolute yeah. worst but hero. But what you You'll need to it. do to create a compelling normal hero is to make that plus four, plus four instead of plus one, plus one. That's what you need for Maev to be... It will not be the best hero if you make a plus four, plus four. Like... This is something that I think Blizzard's just like super concerned about. Because remember what their nerf was. Their nerf was to no longer make it give plus one, plus one, and instead make it give plus one, plus zero. Ha ha ha. This just doesn't do... Like it barely affected the win rate. It put a tiny dent in the win rate. Now they move it back to three turns. That's such a huge nerf. That was obviously going to be crap even though they restored the one health. The one health is nearly meaningless. And giving a plus two, plus two wouldn't work. Plus three, plus three will probably make interesting choices. But at plus four, plus four, you'll get it back into the place where people actually want to pick it. Which I understand Blizzard may not want it back there. But then you at least have to get to plus three, plus three. Like, starting it off at plus one, plus one, not even plus two, plus two, is just way too conservative. Because uh, the difference in one turn in BGs is astronomically huge. Yeah. Um because if you look at games, yeah, when you're one, you know, 1v1, we're talking about like turn uh, 13, 14, etc. But um, like everyone has feared like the turn 8, turn 9 Maev. And if you just shift that a little bit, and also she has less HP going into that because everything is delayed, right? Everything has been delayed. She's a little bit weaker mm -hmm. like every single turn. So her yeah. HP is lower. Because you're usually not using her mm -hmm. to like get minions that you put out for stats. You're using her to get econ. Yeah, it's uh, it's all the tripling potential. So it's just sort of like whatever you get, and then you're just trying to triple that. Um, but she is behind on every single turn now. So... That hurts a ton. That just hurts a ton. She go she gets uh, ramped up slower, which uh, is a huge deal, and she's just getting beat up more and more each turn. So, I, I mean, I, like I'm personally not that sad that we're not going to see a good Maev, but yeah, this isn't the most elegant of solutions here. And the they actually like plus three. Wait, like go dormant. Wait three turns. Come back with plus three plus three. That's a actual elegant hero power that you want. Like, that's a flavorful hero power. Like, it's more flavorful than plus one, plus one, and more balanced. And they just didn't go with it because they were so scared. Which is fine. I feel like they're going to buff my ev at some point. And um, I think it's going to end up at plus three, plus three if they want to keep... I don't know about plus three, plus three. I can see plus two, plus two. Or something like that. At plus three, plus three, my ev will still not be tier one or tier two. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> like, no, uh, I, 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 I don't think plus three plus three is a good idea at all. I can see plus two plus two. Anyways, um, most of the things you get back are literally the plus three plus three will be the same as minus three minus three. On most of the things you're actually using this hero power on. So it's only getting the buff on like half of them. What do you mean minus three minus, minus three? Like the stats on the thing doesn't matter because you're just going to sell it. Oh, no, 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 but it allows Maev to be much greedier because she's not taking damage. That's the thing. Yes, you ultimately sell it, but it's those turns getting to that in which can you put enough pressure on the Maev through the opponents to force her to not greed, to do the things that she did uh, in, in the toxic Maev metas 
to to just like kill people, right? Because it, what it was was like she was like greed, 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 pop yeah, off. Yeah, but what you're getting from Maev is a understated minion to begin with. Like it's not like you're you're getting a good tempo. Yeah, you're getting understated minions, but you're only getting them for one mana. So right. you are right, making you're up them three for turns that. Early. Y- y- I mean, three turns later. Right. Yeah. But once you get that, that is like, and and remember, she's she, like, and it's going to be understated. Like, let's say you're mm-hmm. on tier two, you buy the best tier, you 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 put in the best tier two unit. Now it's plus one, plus one. Three turns later, everything else is plus four, plus four. Right. So yeah, you've only spent one mana in it, but it's not even like filling the space. You she's know, also like, not as vulnerable as for space, as many as turns as you, you get think to seven she is. units this is no longer an issue she's not like, vulnerable on she's not exactly vulnerable on turn one turn two she always wins uh turn three she like a lot of times she wins that so like you're really just looking at a, a few turns like on maybe Wait, what do you mean turn two she always wins yeah why does she always win on turn two? She's staying there, so she has like two units. Oh, 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 okay. You're saying she wins over the normal like leveling thing? Yeah. Because there are other. This is what I mean by pressure, well. right? This is like the refam curve. Yes. Like, she does the refam yeah. curve. Right, but like there are other plenty of other heroes that do the refam curve, so she does not always win. She just she's just on the refam curve. Not that many heroes do it. Like. More heroes don't do the reform curve than do it. More heroes are either not on the reform curve or have actual tempo by turn two, like extra tempo by turn two, than heroes yeah, that are. Yeah, they they uh, don't have uh, like extra extra tempo. Okay. Yeah. I I still think a fair chunk of heroes either get extra tempo or are on the reform curve. Like, maybe not a majority. Some, but not a majority. Like, some, not a majority. But that's very far away from always, is kind of what I'm saying. Like, we're not not close to always. Okay, sure. Um, In the vast, vast majority of time, she at least ties. She at least ties. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She at least ties. Yeah, uh, so when I say win, sorry. Like, right, she will not take damage. There, There you go. Okay, okay. There you go. Fair. And at that point, um, like winning versus tying, it's like whatever. Um, as long as you are not taking damage, you don't really care about dealing damage or caring about you. Um, but anyways, with my Ev, that's we'll, we'll see what they do with my Ev, um, and if they even want to do something. Right, this is up to Blizzard. Right, that, I'm, I'm saying they probably won't want to do something. If you want to put her back onto tier two, it needs to be plus four, plus four. If you want her to just like be somewhat relevant, um, uh, like plus three, plus three will put her somewhere in the low end of tier two, maybe high end of tier three. Plus two, plus two isn't going to do that much more, but make her like still a hero that you don't want to pick. But I guess you're less annoyed by it if you have to pick her. I don't know. Plus two, plus two doesn't seem like a solution to me. And they might do it because why not go incremental on a hero you don't, you kind of don't want to exist in the first place, but. Uh, okay, uh, so next hero we have Edwin. Edwin it has been updated. Edwin never went anywhere. You just literally never saw Edwin. And now instead of giving giving a minion plus one plus one for each minion you've bought, you give a minion plus two plus one for each minion you bought this turn. Huh? Okay. Um, 
a, a I mean, decent got power update. creeped. They just updated him to fit the power creep. They updated him to fit, and now he's sitting fairly pretty. He's sitting right underneath Kurtris and basically tied with Omu. That's pretty good. So Edwin doesn't have exactly the pop-off potential that Omu does. Once again, you see for top 1% of um, players, Omu gets first a lot more often, more than twice as often as Edwin. That shouldn't be a surprise. But Edwin, you know, fills that role of getting the third, uh, getting the second, getting the fourth. Uh, and it's because, uh, yeah, if you want to play divine shield if you want to play that sort of like tempo uh build the attack is really good attack matters so this is a nice welcome change it's good to see edwin be very pickable again yeah i mean i guess that's omu is the new power level so we got to get everyone there but that, that's kind of my point right if you set a power level at omu which is what they've they've decided to do which is fine but you can't be making heroes significantly outside of that power range. Like, what's the point? You're just making the game less balanced. Hmm. Uh, next, we have Dino Tamer Bran. Uh, Bran has really just um, <laughs> gone through so many changes uh, in this game. But the new ability is a passive ability... After you buy five Battlecry minions, add Bran Bronzebeard to your hand once per game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you just buy five Battlecry minions and you get Bran into your hand. Wow, right? Isn't this the best thing ever? It is not. Unfortunately, it is not. This is like one of those things where we talk about Hearthstone in 2015 and here is like... It, it, BGs in late uh, 2019, right? If if Bran was introduced, we'd just be like, you, this is insane. Like, th this is actually insane. Um, but if we look at the HS replay stats, I think Bran is sitting comfortably. Yep. Uh, in bottom tier four, it is <laughs> almost a 4.9 average placement. And people are picking him because it's fun, right? Uh, it just really shows how far Bran has fallen. And um, it's really sad. Like Bran, uh, the minion, mm -hmm. who was just one of the best things to get on Tier 5 and uh, a foundation of many, many metas before, has fallen so much that with just a small requirement, five Battlecry minions, like any, which is pretty easy to do. You, you buy a lot of Battlecry minions... Uh, which means you can get a brand in your hand when you're on like tier three, like immediately. Um, and that means nothing. <laughs> that means almost nothing nowadays mm -hmm. because there are uh, other ways to um, basically ramp. And even if Murlocs are in and pigs are out, it's just Murlocs themselves are pretty bad nowadays. So that's one of the real issues. Like brands best complimenter like best compliment in terms of tribe is also murlocs but murlocs really really suck nowadays so oh man i love this design as in it's they're so gonna fun. change it so that once you get like 10 battle cry you get a golden brand <laughs> that's gonna be the next change i'm, I'm gonna put i can put money on this oh or what about after you buy five battle cry minions add brand to your hand and then it refreshes <laughs> What, what refreshes uh no, no no so 
Oh, oh, every time you every do five. Every time you do yes, five, yes. you yes, get something five. like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be something man. like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next, we have Illidan uh, and Illidan's new passive okay. hero power. I, I haven't looked at any of the win rates for uh, the new battlegrounds, and I haven't played uh, in the new meta. This Illidan one was literally my suggestion of how to balance him after. Like a week after he was released, and it was clear that he was terrible. And uh, you can go back on the Lifeforge podcast and you'll see me pitching this. But Illidan basically got plus two attack to the left and right minions in addition to the attacking immediately. Now, given how far back that was that I made the suggestion, that means that with my suggestion, it would have been as good as like pre half reverted A bomb. So it should still be crap. Now, the game has had more use for, like, being able to attack first, but it's still crap, right? Like, this is still an unusable hero. Yeah, Illidan is currently still very, very bad. Um, Okay. It is lower than Galwix. It's tied with, like, Kael'thas, and of course you guys should know Kael'thas is not good these days. Uh, So, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, when I gave the suggestion, Kael'thas was, like, the new hot hero. And so, I'm like, with this suggestion... Illidan would be a little bit worse than Kalasoth, like, you know, a tier below it, uh, but still, like, you're not super terrible when you pick it. And now, Kalasoth is terrible, and Illidan's even more terrible, even with my suggestion, just as predicted. Like, I don't know why Blizzard's making these kinds of changes now. Um, this is from a, a historical, like, historical buffs, right? Like, knows? they're matching the power yeah. levels to, like, stuff they should have done a year ago. Right. It doesn't do much right now. Um, we'll see. Maybe there's more stuff incoming, and they just want to poke this a little bit, bump it up mm. a tiny little bit. Uh, they wanted to confirm the, the, you know, that it was not enough? Yeah, it's not enough. It was clearly not enough. It was enough to make it not a good hero a year ago. Okay. And then they power creep the crap out of this game since then. We have a new Syndragosa. Uh, Syndragosa, old hero power, was at the end of your turn, fro- uh, frozen minions get plus two, plus one. The new one, you have a targeted zero cost hero power, freeze a minion in Bob's Tavern, frozen minions get plus two, plus one every turn. Yeah, so now you can choose to freeze one or freeze all. Yeah, you just have extra choices now. And if you guys remember when Shady was on, I specifically talked about Syndragosa because Syndragosa was a hero that was always so low on the win rates and, you know, if you had some sort of BG tier list. But I saw Shady pick Syndragosa multiple times, probably like four or five times, and I'm not always watching a stream either. So this is one of those heroes where, uh, and I'm sure there's some other heroes out there as well, um, that is that, that could just be a hidden gem, and now suddenly it is even better, right? Not saying that Syndragosa is an actual good hero that will get you uh, first or second place consistently, but when Shady was on, remember, he was saying, if I'm going to take a bad hero, you know, uh, Syndragosa is, in his view, one of the better bad heroes. And his performances with Syndragosa definitely outperformed uh, the stats, even for top 1% players. So with this change, um, yeah, I, I think there's there's something to Syndragosa here. It's 
not enough to boost Sindragosa uh, too high on the win rates. But, you know, like w remember what Shady talked about and try to apply that. And Sindragosa is just sort of better now. Hmm. Yep. Okay, Guff. Uh, Guff, the meta beater before. The old hero power was uh, one mana. Give a friendly minion of each tavern tier plus two plus one. And now it is just plus one plus one. And Guff has fallen. <laughs> uh, he's still pickable. Uh, but Guff is now bottom of tier two, top of tier three. So, yeah. It's crazy that he's still pickable. He's still kind of. I, I would have thought that this would have an even bigger impact. Nah, yeah, he's he's still pickable. Guff is still pickable-ish. Um, you're just not happy when you when you pick it. Okay. All right. Next is Overlord Salfarangug. Uh, hero power for the horde. Oh, to give plus one attack to the next minion you buy this turn upgrades each turn. They doubled it because it was trash before. They didn't double it. Oh, sorry. They started it up one tier higher. Exactly. So the first one gives plus two attack to the next minion you buy this turn. Right. And the next one is plus three. So they basically pretend you start off already have bought a minion or something, right? Uh, they just start the step up higher. Uh, well, no, not that you bought a minion. Just that the game started one turn earlier for you. Because it's not... Uh, it, it's, it's not Oh, yeah, like, okay. It upgrades each turn. Right. right it right. upgrades each turn. So... It's still bad. When people first read this, they assume, like, not assume, but they were like, whoa, whoa, wait, is it, do they mean give plus two attack and the next it's four, six, mm -hmm. eight, ten? Yeah. And then they're like, whoa, like that, 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 it's like, whoa, wait, that's spicy. No, it's not yeah, spicy. No, okay. Well, this was going to still suck. Why, why make these changes? Anyway, move on. Like, that's what they need to do to make it a tier 1 slash tier 2 hero. Yeah, it's, uh, like, I mean, look, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it just needs to be a little bit different. Um, yeah, or redesign. I, I think it could really, really use the uh, redesign. It's okay for, like, right now the stats are saying it's, like, okay-ish. Uh, Is it? Yeah, really? but, like... I, I don't wait, wait, what's the win rate for top one percent players uh it's reno it's like reno level oh yeah that's not that bad uh i thought this would be way worse no it's not okay. that bad exactly um because right now once again um tier four comps are pretty strong um and there's always going to be someone who reaches tier six comps but it's sort of like tier four comps uh and then tier six comps uh the overlord he's not getting first place like he he him getting first place is really really tiny as in those chances uh meanwhile the reno who he's tied with in average placement gets first uh like twice as much but of course reno bombs a lot more and the overlord like he mm -hmm. um gets like third and fourth a lot more often so um it okay. just sort of fits like you can play that taunt comp uh, uh, Divine Shield, Ground Shaker, Mech, Tier 4, um, like, sort of comp with him, and, and really, really good for 
uh, doing that. So still not a good hero, right? Like uh, people can pick Reno and they're like, okay, you know, this is acceptable, um, but it's not like amazing. All right, next up is Nazath. Nazath used to start the game with a 1-1 fish that gains all your death rattles in combat. Same deal is now 2-2 fish. Yeah. <laughs> the fish is such an interesting idea. I love the fish, but whenever I play it, it's always been pretty awkward. Um, The fish is okay. Like, it's sitting at the same t uh, placement right now as something like Barov or Tess, uh, which isn't that bad. It's really not that bad. It's still like, you know, low tier two. Uh, and just starting the game with a 2 2 period is decent, as we will see uh, below. Mm -hmm. But it's always been tough for me to like figure out ex like the best way to fit Nizoth in. Mm. All right, next up is the Curator. Oh, yeah. You get the Amalgam. Used to be 1-1. One, one. They buffed it to 1-2, two, now to 2-2. Two, two. Man, they're just so slow with this. As you said, it's like we could have had a 2-2 two, two Amalgam for ages now. Uh, but is it better? Yeah. You guys know how much I love Curator. I love the fact that it's a 2-2. Two, two. But yeah, the win rates definitely don't um, aren't aren't kind to the Curator. It's significantly lower than Nizoth, and understandably so, because the 2-2 fish can do things earlier, whereas this thing, it's like, yeah, you can put, like, Divine Shield and Poison on it, but that's later on in the game, while Nizoth can just, like, get you that an extra tempo or extra buffs immediately. Oh, Curator, they gotta do something else with you. Like, just... Because yeah. you can't really start the game with something like a 4-4. <laughs> uh, you... Like, you could, but I don't know if that's healthy for the game. It gets to a point where you can't just start um, the game with, like, an overstated minion. That's not fantastic. And it's also just not super-duper fun. So they got to figure out something. They should do it so that in, I don't know, four turns, five turns, six turns, or whatever, add another uh, copy of this into your hand. Oh. Huh. Like, have a set timer. And then, or or maybe have a set thing where it's like, when this reaches eight attack, add a copy into your hand. It's just something. Oh, that's, oh, huh. Okay, that's interesting. Because that's what you want it to do, right? Like like you said, you don't want it to be a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, like, it's not fun. What you want to do is, like, more amalgamy things. Right, okay, yeah. We could play around with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the balance of it is, but you, that, that design-wise, that's the direction that I think would uh, would be better than just moving this number around. Because sometimes you look at something like For the Horde, uh, like, that's a hero power where you just move numbers around, right? Like, the hero power itself, you could see what it does, right? It's pretty straightforward. It's kind of elegant. And you're like, all right, well, we can mess around with it. But you can also just change numbers until it, the win rates match. This one... When you change the numbers more, it just messes with the flavor too much. And you really just got to do something else with it. So that's my pitch. They could go anywhere with it. But, I mean, you're right. You can't. They just can't keep moving numbers around. That's a It's a fail way for design for uh, Amalgam going forward. I would say something like a 2-3 is the limit of what you should do in order to not just like, oh, have it completely dominate for the first few turns, right? Yeah. Like, let's let's not have that. 
Um, and a 2-3 wouldn't make this a playable hero. No, a 2-3 would still make it suck, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Mukla got its big banana rate increased to 50%, up from 33%. That's fine. Like, Mukla is a pickable hero right now. It's like tied with Barov and Wagtoggle, basically. It's pickable. You're just never mm-hmm. getting first, once again. It's these heroes, right? Like, BGs is right now unfortunately plagued with um, just some heroes that uh, get first too often, like Hook Tusk, and some heroes that aren't fun exactly and never get first. Like, just never, ever, ever get first. Um, and once again, that's a problem. That's a big problem for uh, future patches, but we're we're seeing that more and more and more. Anyways, onto the minion. Onto the actual spicy stuff. Uh, there's enough spice. Um. Okay. Before we talk about the uh, the minions, uh, the one of the biggest changes. Period is Dark Moon prizes actually return in 25 percent of all games. That's huge. That's like introducing tribes almost if you guys don't mm-hmm. remember the dark moon prizes there's too much to name you can just go and look at patch 20.8 on the hearthstone website they balanced a bunch of them though. they balanced a bunch of them as well so yeah we should talk about that and this is mentioned in the patch notes but you you might skim through it they state this if you are in the bottom half of players on the leaderboard, and I'm guessing it's not the actual leaderboard, it's like, you know, the, of the players in the lobby. If you're in the bottom half, you are more likely to see better prizes. That's huge. Uh, it's not a change I love, by the way. That that I Wait, if you are in the bottom half of players, so, so the games for bad players are different than the games for good players, or does it mean in your lobby? In your lobby. In your lobby. They mean in your lobby? Seriously? Yeah. So if you are currently at that time doing worse, you get better prizes. No. It's it's not a good change. Yes. Um, because that's not exactly how uh, BGs work. As in... Litherax in chat says people will game that. I don't think you can game it. I think it's just bad. No, like, it's not how, exactly... How are you game it? You can't control which lobby you go into. Uh... Yeah, so it's not exactly gaming it, but with the way that BG works, especially now, you have some heroes that they're not like being like, oh, prizes are in, so I'm going to do worse. It's just they naturally uh, kind of get lower in health because they are able to greed, but because of the greed, um, you know, they're going down low in health anyways, and then they were going to pop off anyways, but by giving them better prizes because at that snapshot, be. Uh, it, it, you know, BGs are like, oh, but you're you're so weak right now. You suck. And mm-hmm. but the player sitting there, we've all seen this. Wait, was it was this the old way of, of no? It prizes? was random. It was random. The old way was oh. random. Well, but that's not how it is this time right now. It's not like whoever has the lowest health. It's whoever has the lowest position on the leaderboard, which is health. Oh, you think they mean the leaderboard as in? The thing on the left hand of the screen. Yeah. How does this make sense? Oh, How does it make sense okay. in your way? <laughs> well, I was going by MMR. 
I thought it was like a blue shell MMR thing. No, if you are in the bottom okay. half of players on the leaderboard. I see. So this is okay. So this is another thumb on the scale for low health people. Just like you have a higher chance to um, to hit the uh, the ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with the ghost, though, it makes sense. I think in terms of the uh, game design. Why? Uh, like that, I can like with with that. I think it is. I'm, same as this you get a free turn in that case right in this case you you get a free power up yeah you get a free turn but it's not as easy because the power level of of these prizes are pretty insane so like i think you pop off well, harder it's just a lower level but i just mean like philosophically it's the exact same thing yeah, yeah. like it's not any better than right right design. but number one no, right no no, no. Phil- less, philosophically like, basically instead it of is the same in the face, but it is more and of you'd rather that. get punched in the face than get stabbed yeah yeah okay so i'm saying okay. it is more of that and there has to be a limit right. to it right 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 at a certain point the person right. will die and you don't want that to happen. so i'm saying so you're okay with punch i philosophically okay agree that it is the same sort of principle but we have to stop it right. somewhere and this is too much okay. number one and number two the pop-off potential here with the prizes is more than just facing a ghost because you face a ghost and you're not getting right. you get more it's room. yeah you're getting more room mm-hmm. but you're just doing the same things that other people are able to do here you are doing yeah. stuff uh sometimes like much more than other people are supposed to do um mm-hmm. but that's that's sort of where we're at okay yeah i mean i just don't like it when you punch people in the face for being good i don't know just feels like there's better blue shell designs than than stuff like uh, either of these kinds of things yeah especially in like short games like battlegrounds like who really like and especially because you're mmring the whole thing anyway so you always have incentive to get one place higher in fact get like i keep saying this the difference between first and second place is the same as the difference between seventh and eighth place so if in every game that you would have placed eighth you instead play seventh that's like in every game that you got second you get first it's huge so you're already incentivized like that like this is not a game that needs a blue shell mechanic yeah it isn't it 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 truly isn't um so let's not do that especially with something like prizes like that the the jump the the leap that you get in prizes um is more than just one turn of freedom um yeah yeah Yeah, people in chat's talking about like the ghost being a solution to odd numbers well then you're you can have equal chance of facing the ghost yeah that's the normal thing but instead they make it so only the players who are lower on health get to face the ghost yep so that's uh, i don't know if people know that by the way uh but that's that's what it is like if you're like number one and there's seven players left you will literally 100 percent of the time never face the ghost i don't know if you noticed um but it's just the, the game just penalizes you for having high health yeah the game penalized that and once again Am, like, am I okay with some aspect of it? Yes, that's why I was like, yeah, I'm okay no, with I'm the I'm not okay thing. with any aspect of it. Um, that's just all bad game design for, for this particular game. Not, I'm not against blue shell-like effects in general, but in, in Battlegrounds, because of how MMR is tracked, it is entirely unnecessary. So, uh, I think a lot of people... Because, once again, you see, we have a difference in kind of philosophy. I'm saying... and. and like, it's fine, right? Like, as long as it is kind of, um, like, MMR will even out over 
time. Uh, and that's what Adwick is saying. It's like, we don't need it. Like, it's MMR. Like, if you get screwed this game, like, you know, you could get stomped and then you, you are going to do the stomping and based no, no, on no, your No, 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 I'm play. not even saying that. I'm saying that even if you're getting stomped, you're incentivized because the whole point of Blue Shell is to incentivize, like, if you're a Mario Kart and you're in eighth place and you're really far behind or whatever, you're, like, not incentivized to keep trying. But because, like, if a Mario Kart, for example, if they didn't just give points to the first three players and they gave points to, like, all eight players and it's all even... They would not need a blue show. And that point, blue show would be a bad design. Anything that disadvantages people for doing better would be bad design in that place. The only reason you have stuff to do that in game design is so the players in the back can have a reason to continue playing in a way that is meaningful to them. And the MMR system of this Hearthstone's battlegrounds of even placements, which is kind of terrible for all other purposes. Like, I know I abuse it and, you know, I, I, I talk a lot of my strategy based on it, but that's not good design either. But if you're going to go with that kind of, like, MMR system, then you really don't need this, uh, this, this blue shell effect in any form. Like, if they change it so that, like, number one gets 100 points, everybody else loses 10 or something, right? Like, then, yeah, sure. Then this is the kind of stuff that you would need to keep the game spicy. But... You don't need it in Battlegrounds. All right. Uh, so the prizes were changed. Might of Stormwind, which is a uh, tier one prize, has been changed from give all of your minions plus one plus, plus one to give three random friendly minions plus one plus one. The good stuff is now changed to give minions in Bob's Tavern plus two health for the rest of the game. Used to be plus one. And uh, great deal um this was let's see uh, a, pr a tier two prize um now it's for the rest of the game reduce the cost of upgrading bob's tavern by three at the end of your turn it used to be plus two um and then i'm still just a rat in a cage uh has been moved uh that is now it moved from prize turn three to prize turn two um and that's double a minions attack so those are the updates of the prizes i like the change to might of stormwind especially because that was the auto pick if you had might of stormwind you were always picking might of stormwind uh sometimes you might pick like the two gold um maybe you picked the refresh not really but you almost never picked the good stuff um and now you can pick it like plus two health for the rest of the game oh okay that's not bad uh you're still gonna pick my stormwind a decent amount of time because plus three plus three is not that bad uh good changes overall though um my stormwind was a little bit too powerful and just a little bit too good uh and at that point a lot of times it was like, did you get my storm Stormwind? Did your opponent get it? And um, whoever got it, like if you both got it, that's fine. We keep playing the game. If only one of you got it, then um, it was a little bit too much damage at that point. All right. On to the minions. The spicy stuff that I keep saying. First change, Deflectobot's ability got doubled. About time. I've been pushing for this since the beginning. They finally did it. Not that Deflectobot needed to be better exactly um, to like you know maintain how good it is relative to the average card, but it was always the flagship card of Mech, so I was in favor of making it even better. Um, and and now it's it's there. Is this uh, messing up the meta yet? Uh, <laughs> it's not exactly messing up 
the meta as in mechs aren't like oh my gosh they're they're just you know taking over this is quillbore release 2.0 uh but i think if you ask a lot of players especially good players they will tell you that um deflectobot has been quite good already like it was mm -hmm. reaching that point right remember uh tier four and then you know, you wait and see, are you the person popping off on tier six? If not, you just play tier four. You either play taunt comp, like a hybrid taunt comp or something. You do mechs. And then with mechs, sometimes you taunt up the deflectos, right? To do kind of like refreshes and then scam like by, uh, with like refreshes and deflecto. Uh, or, or you can play pure mech comp. So even before the buff, deflectos were good. They were you know, mm -hmm. th th they were quite good. This certainly helps. This is nice, right? Like anytime you double the uh, the effect of it. Um, and yeah, mechs are better. But it's it's not something people are like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is the new world beater here. See, that's exactly my point. That's why they always should have doubled it. If they doubled it a year ago when I suggested it, it would have been fine too. And it would have made mechs more mech, like it... Flavor-wise, it's just so good to have it doubled compared to having plus one, and it won't totally unbalance the game. Those are the best kinds of changes. So I'm super glad they finally did this. Lieutenant Gar uh, has been updated from an 8-1 to an 8-8. Oh my gosh, about damn time. Gar was the worst <laughs> thing to get uh, on Tier 6. You couldn't even tempo it, because uh, an 8-1 no tempo options i'm not saying you're happy getting 8-8 now i was about to say however is this, is this like good now this still feels kind of no bad. but like it wasn't the completely dead pick uh that it was okay. before sometimes and if you are playing elementals now uh the ramp up is significantly faster right especially mm -hmm. if you're getting this early relatively early um then the this seven health uh, at, at that point is still very very relevant um, the next change mm. is something that hold on. But so is is Lieutenant Gar uh, like it's not good. Pickable now if you're going elementals or still bad. Uh, depends on what kind of elementals. So okay, so sometimes pickable if you are already going elementals. Right, it really hasn't changed. It really hasn't changed. Here's <laughs> the thing: like, um, does it change the rubric of kind of like oh when you pick Gar? Not really, because you can only pick Gar. Um, if you are doing that sort of like big elementals, right? If you're doing big yep. elementals, um, and if you're doing big elementals, you were probably gonna get Gar anyways. Um, and if you weren't getting him, you weren't getting him. Uh, this just helps big elementals uh, duke it out and ramp up a little bit faster without taking damage. That's really what it does. Okay, next up, Refreshing Anomaly. Uh, it used to be a 1-3. It's the one that uh, battle card your next refresh cost zero. Um, it's now a 1-4. I don't know why they needed this change. I thought Anomaly was fine where it was. Um, and, and it's a strange one for me because we've talked about this philosophy before on this channel where uh, you want a tribe to be used a little bit more. You want it to be more powerful. Great. So what you can do is start the snowball, right? Incentivize them to start the snowball. This ain't it though. Uh, ele yep. Elementals have never been kind of like um, 
oh, you know, we just need people to pick refreshing anomaly a little bit uh, yeah. earlier. Or like, oh, no. I mean, it gives you potentially like two more health. Yeah. Later on. Uh, so uh, anomaly like, here, uh, it, it's just very, very odd. I don't, I don't understand exactly why. You, you know, turn one, you can pick it more often. But the chances of you deciding on an elemental tribe eventually because you picked anomaly earlier on it, th there's like zero correlation there there's none um meanwhile mm -hmm. there are some correlations with like uh other units um even tier one units well think about it this way maybe the buff is not for elementals maybe the buff is for the playstyle in which they wanted more people to take refreshing anomaly as the first pick even if they were not going elementals because they like the playstyle and the uh, uh, opportunity for you to bank a mana, basically, right? Because Battleground design has always, in the last like year, year and a half, been trying to find ways to like backdoor in the ability to bank mana that they don't naturally have as compared to other games like it. So they may just want to make this unit better for everybody so that more people are banking stuff. Sure. Uh, and I guess that's okay, but it's just, just a little bit strange. Anyways. I like it. I think it, it incentivizes you to pick this unit on tier one and the ability to bank a mana on tier one and the ability to kind of like fix your RNG uh, on, on a later turn. Um, that's all good. It's good for skill. It's good for diversity. This is just a positive change in the game. Meh. All right. The next uh, unit is Big Fernal. They buffed it from a 4-4 to a 6-6. Demons are meh. <laughs> they're, they're still not uh, exciting. Well, the, the main problem I see with demons right now is just how boring they are. Um, and I think a lot of people will agree with just how boring they are. Um, that's sort of the main problem with demons. And they received a, a couple of decent buffs you, you'll see later on. Actually, let's just discuss all the demon buffs. Uh, in addition to mm -hmm. Big Fernal, Soul Juggler has been buffed from a 3-3 to a 3-5. That's huge. That's mm -hmm. so huge. Um, it's now a keep, keep in tempo 3-drop. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, now a tempo 3. It, it's three. become a normally tempo 3-drop. Mm -hmm. So you can now pick it, uh, and that does wonders for it. Uh, the Overseer has been buffed from a 2-3 to a 2-4. It used to be 2-4. Hey, yeah. Back where it was. Back where it was. And we still picked Overseer a lot when it was a 2-3 because, you know, giving a 2-2 buff that early on was quite good. They buffed Demons a decent amount. The only problem is just the the actual play style of Demons. I think they have to... They've been trying to change it a little bit. I think it needs kind of a complete rework. Um, it's not doing that poorly, though. Like, demons do fine. I, I think we've all just grown a little bit overall tired of this demon play style. And um, it, it definitely helps. I think the soul juggler um, kind of buff to 3-5 helps a ton. Now it can survive quite a few things, especially in those early like turns. Like another soul juggler. Like another soul juggler, exactly. That's huge. Like, that's just good design, right? Like, even if it was just a 3-4, not a 3-5, like, the ability to survive the other soul juggler makes it so much less random. And yeah. these are all... Like, it's like the anomaly thing. Like, these small changes, sometimes, where you're like... Uh, I mean, this was a big change because it became a decent tempo unit. But even if you just make those small changes, you're like, 
finessing the game into a better overall experience that you might not even notice if you're playing. Um, but uh, but then you uh, if you play in large volumes, you'll you'll just you'll you'll, you'll feel it. you'll just end up having like a 0.25 out of 10 better experience overall because the game feels smoother. How many times? pre soul juggler buff where you on tier three you you just want tempo right you see a soul mm. juggler and you tell yourself i can't take this because i i'm on tier three and i can't just take a stupid three three that has no synergy currently so you don't buy that you roll and then suddenly there's double imprisoners there right whereas if you had bought the soul juggler maybe then you roll and then you're like oh man now it's really good it's just that snowball right we're talking about this sort of snowball incentivize people to pick it uh earlier on and then the later stuff that they wouldn't have picked because they didn't initially buy the soul juggler now they buy it um it's a good change but man demons (sighs) back to the lab let's let's fix it somehow it's just mm. um okay uh, other than that, for dragons, Razor Gore has been buffed from a two four to a four six. Yay! Yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> it, it's kind of needed. It's kind of needed. It's, it always felt bad to take a Razor Gore, even if you already have dragons, and it should never be like that. Yeah, <laughs> like you should be very happy to get a Razor Gore if you already have a couple dragons. That's that's how building stuff works. Yeah, so I think this change is absolutely fine. Uh, let's talk about beasts, your favorite tribe, oh except God. these are higher tier. Uh, no, tier two beasts. What are you talking about? No, it was a huge buff to tier you're two You're all about the tier one beasts, okay? Okay, but like I do go to tier two. Mm, right, you go to tier two, so you can buy tier one things. Uh, pack leader has been buffed from a 3-3 three, three to a 3-4. Oh, finally. When they first nerfed pack huge leader buff. to a 2-3, it was like, what are you doing? like do you not ever want to see this card uh and now it's a three four which means it's a tempo two drop uh and it's the snowball mechanic you buy this because it was just the best tempo unit Mm. and then afterwards you see that rat pack on three you wouldn't have bought it before now you do buy it and now you figure things out past that point uh, like, it's just they realized cool. with the cool boards coming in and all the new whatever mechanics that all these supposedly viable early mid tier boosters are no longer attractive at all and so they needed to up it to the current meta like that's why you see soul juggler getting changed that's why you see pack leader getting changed. these are engines for their respective uh tribes and they were not cutting it like they were bad cards that you could have done if you were going to force it or if you haven't had the perfect configuration of that particular tribe and now like Merp said you can kind of be led into more stuff and that creates more diversity and it makes like these these beast end games and these uh demon end games and whatever potentially like more frequently seen which creates a more diverse meta which is good for everybody yep uh and then we have uh the mama Mama <laughs> is now a 5-5 five five instead of a 4-4, four four, and it gives Beast plus 5 plus 5 instead of plus 4 plus 4. And Mama Bear has moved a lot. It's been shifted from uh, tier 6 to tier 5, and then just move you know here and there. It's been nerfed. Stats have changed. It's good. Like this is this is a good change. Uh giving every beast that you summon an additional plus one plus one. And also, of course, like the 
minion itself. itself plus one yeah plus one. so you can and i'm not saying that like oh mama bear beasts are uh you know the new meta or anything if you're talking about beast compositions that win um the game more often it's still going to be the goldrin parrot because that's just really powerful like uh in terms of end game like 1v1 uh those comps are going to be the beast comps that win the most often but beasts have been improved significantly here like you can absolutely do well and gain mmr by picking up mama bears just playing more beasts playing those rat packs uh playing those hydras just buffing them up uh because those stats really 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 add up all right that's uh any any final thoughts on the meta and things like that before we uh before we end this i'm excited to try out bgs not so much because this patch changes everything but if you were to look at the problems with bgs and then you look at what they tried to target in this patch not saying they did everything perfectly uh but they really nailed um uh a lot of like in terms of identifying a lot of the things that were wrong before whether or not we'll actually have like the perfect meta probably not uh but they did a really good job at just identifying that oh we, we forgot um a new minion so there's a oh, new, yeah, new right. tier six minion it's arc druid hamul and uh it is a 4-4, battle cry, refresh Bob's Tavern with minions of your most common type. Super cool. I mean, you can play it as like a, oh, you know, this helps my mono tribe or, you know, predominantly mono tribe thing. Uh, but what it also does, um, very interestingly, is it opens up uh, very specific finds in games in which these um, tribes are unlimited. So one cool thing that we, we saw very fast after the patch came out was, for example, oh, there were no beasts, right? Like in a no beast game, uh, like uh, someone had, I think like uh, boars, like a few boars because there were uh, quill boars. So they had the great boar in there and then they played Hamul and because they identified it, as beasts but there were no beasts so the only beasts in the game were the great boar and amalgadons um so it's just mm. an interesting little wrinkle in there in which you can try to manipulate it uh either to get the tribe that is in the game that fits with your current board and try to snowball from there or identify these niche kind of just weird situations in which it's like wait i could uh turn this battle cry into give me all of this quote tribe but because there's only two minions in the game with that tag uh just give me a malgadon this other minion it's a pretty cool thing yeah i mean one more thing that it does though is that establishes tier six it's just kind of everybody wants to be there uh so tier five really needs to catch up and honestly tier six needs to go back up in mana cost they changed it and back then it made sense, but but we're they're they're kind of restoring order now with all this stuff, and uh, that's the next thing. Like you notice a lot of things that were nerfed getting restored to the new power levels, and uh, part of the things I think that's needed for the balance of the game is for tier six to get restored to its original cost to upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've talked about this before. 
they they did math on it before they released it. It wasn't just tested, or maybe they just tested it and it worked out to the way math worked out. But then no one was doing tier six because their units on there were not balanced. And you know, think about uh, uh, what do you call that? The, the the mech that's still in the game right now, Sneeds. Um, Sneeds was tier six. Like it's crap like that. And then they're like, oh, no one wants to go to tier six. I guess we lower the cost. No. You don't mess up your fundamental maths in the game and you fix the other stuff. But it was much harder to fix the other stuff. It was much easier to lower tier 6 by 1. And so the game's been working on it since then. But we've had like a billion uh, patches since then uh, to balance. And balance is getting better. Uh, and the diversity is getting better. And I think we're at the point now in Battlegrounds where they really do need to restore this tier 6 uh, cost. Or, or, or else it's going to be harder to balance going forward rather than easier. Like, we're past that point in which it was easier to balance with this bad math than it is to get to the good math. So I think that's coming up. Uh, I don't know when it's coming, but I, I think they have to, like, the people who are working on this have to come to that conclusion at some point, especially given uh, how bad Tier 5 is uh, right now. Yep. Okay, uh, that's where we are at. This is a long one, but once again, the patch was huge. Uh, lots of changes. I'm ready to get back into BGs, try to figure things out. It's a very different game from when I left it. Uh, and when I mean left it, I really left it in like December of 2020. I played some BGs between then and now, but not that much. So I'm looking forward to getting back into it, learning as much as I can. And it just really uh, makes me hopeful uh, that good changes are on the way because I think the changes that they made like really signal from Blizzard. It's like, okay, we, we understand like what is kind of uh, making the meta problematic mm -hmm. and we're working on it. It, it, it. it might not be one patch or two patch or even three patches, but for a company to put out a patch and for me to see it and be like okay they understand that's huge yeah. so i'm ready to jump back in i feel like for bgs overall usually when they uh, nerf or buff something and make a balance change i'm like good good you could tell that they're like understanding it every now and then something like my have happens where you're just like yeah but um for the most part it's it's uh it's good they seem to really understand battlegrounds like fundamentally in a way that they do not understand arena for example so that even when they try to balance arena it's not particularly great it has to be um, on your mind in order to understand it yeah oh i mean that's fair um so uh, so yeah uh and this was a it was a big patch and it had so many good things even the stuff that people like I, i'm reading chat as we, we do this uh podcast live and uh you know some of the th little changes that merps dismissed as like oh you know it probably doesn't make that big of a difference there's still good small changes like that kind of polish coming into the game it feels like this game is taking that final step that it's getting to before they're ready to take off the beta tag like i would not be surprised if in november of this year the beta tag finally comes off of battlegrounds because we're getting to these changes that are like small and they're doing it. And that that is new for this patch. Usually the changes are bigger, they address specific problems. Now we're getting to these changes that are just for polish to make the game smoother for that game experience on the balance side. Yep. Okay, uh, that's it. It's been uh, a long time. 
Ah, uh, no question this week. Let's just end this. Yeah, no question. The GOAT has been a long podcast. Uh, big shout out to our Patreons at Patreon.com. Thank you guys so much. Patreon.com slash GrinningGOAT for keeping the lights on at the Light Forge. Um, until next week, uh, this is Adwikta. This is Murphs. See you guys. <laughs> Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.